as Drew said, this last week, this group has been representing you in Sarver, Pennsylvania, and in Mount Washington, Pennsylvania, a, a district, a part of Pittsburgh. And uh, they've been, as, been preparing all year for this uh, missions trip. These pictures up here are Robin's contribution. You know how talkative she is at these sorts of things. So we asked her to do the PowerPoint. So you get a little feel from these pictures of some of the things that we were involved in during the week. Monday and Friday, the team was in Mount Washington helping Alex Elace and Jennifer and their church there, Redeemer on the Mount, doing ministry in the parks. And uh, I'm sure we're going to hear some more about that. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday in the evenings, this group put on a kind of a family Bible week, but a smaller version of it for our sister church in Sarver called Christ Community Fellowship with Pastor Kerry Doyle. And we did, we went, you see the uh, fireman stuff? We did the theme we did a couple years ago of the fireman's theme here. We took that on the road and did it for this small church that hasn't done a VBS in many years and wasn't equipped to do one on their own. So I've asked the team to everybody kind of share some, some highlights, maybe something God taught them, some story of God at work that they saw God at work in them and through them this week. So who wants to go first? Kurt, go. The, the week started off okay. On Monday, we were supposed to do a prayer walk. And as we were getting prepared to do that, it started to rain, which started off just a little sprinkle. And uh, Alex went to grab some umbrellas from his mom's. It was just down the street. And when he left, uh, it just started to pour. So I uh, got soaking wet, so I just started to walk up the street, and I did a little prayer walk. Uh, it wasn't very long, but, you know, on, on the walk, I did ask for the rain to stop and just give us, you know, good weather for the week, and we did, the rain did stop, you know, five minutes later, and we did have pretty good weather all week. Another thing that was a little challenging was, for me anyhow, was trying to figure out the sound system and the video at the Sarver Church because I haven't been back in our sound booth for probably 10 years. <laughs> but each night presented a challenge, and the first night I knew there was something simple that I wasn't doing, and I just was starting to get frustrated, and I just, you know, I said, I said a little prayer, and, you know, I noticed the button that I needed to click, like, right after that. It's just little things. I mean, God does answer prayers, even the simplest ones. So that's kind of a couple of things uh, from the week that, you know, really hit with, with me. And it was good to see uh, the team, you know, bond with, the, uh, with each other, as well as look like all of the kids there did enjoy and had fun with their teachers. And one other story that Pastor Kerry told us was, one of the ladies at the church, her granddaughter goes to the Butler County Fair every year. And after Monday night, she told her her grandmother that she didn't want to go to the fair on Wednesday because she's been to the fair her whole life and she hasn't she had, she's never done this uh and she's only 7. So, uh that's just one thing that Carrie mentioned that even if it felt like we weren't doing something that we inspired uh, their church 
and you know we also provided Alex to be able to do stuff in the park because he's so busy with his other job that he might not have been able to do so that's all that I have to share I just want to share a quick story from Monday at the park I wasn't feeling well so I was kind of just watching everybody and pastor got all the kids down there and was giving away Bibles and he said okay you have to answer a question to win this Bible and he asked them how many animals of each kind did Noah take on the ark and none of the kids knew the answer and it just really struck me so he was giving the Bibles away and after it was all done one of the moms came up to him and said sir I don't have a Bible either so he gave her one and seeds were planted that day We were really encouraged by that day, and not only that woman, but there was a little boy that came up and asked for a Bible afterwards, so that was, uh, it started our week off knowing that we were there for a reason, and um, on the way home that night, I kept thinking of a song that Chris Tomlin had done, You're the God of the City, and um, I brought it because I knew I would forget the words. For greater things have yet to come, and greater things are still to be done in this city. And there's no one like our God. Alex must be overwhelmed. And I think it was a, had to be a great encouragement to him and a help because besides raising, what is it, four children and being a pastor, and there's such a need down there. There's a tremendous need, a lot of poverty and... It was really something to see that and to be a part of being able to help. That that was tremendous. Well, Curtis kind of stole what I was going to say at the very end. Something that struck me was um, it seems so simple. You know, VBS, we do it every year. Family, We call ours Family Bible Week. And it really does seem really simple to some people. But I didn't realize that other churches may not have had like the capacity or the people to do something like that and just Pastor Carrie kept telling us how encouraging we were to them when we were the ones feeling like we were encouraged from them. My uh, story is I was only down there Thursday and Friday but I was able to be the special fireman for Bonnie's class the first and second graders and it was really special because what I did is Bonnie put these two little people in a bottle uh, with fire. And I was supposed to uh, cut that open and let them out. And what that was representing is that Jesus died for our sins and that he freed us from uh, our sinful life and that we we don't have to sin anymore because we we love him and we want to do for him. And uh, and then another thing I uh, I uh, learned too. Volunteer firemen, uh, when they put all that gear, it it's warm. I mean, it's really hot. I just for ten, uh, well, maybe a half an hour, I had it on. I sweated, and and Literally. and can you imagine going into the uh, into a fire with? So, you know, I don't know how, I forget how many degrees they said, but, you know, you know and, and that on and and all that heat and that, it, you know, they really put their lives on the line. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I appreciate what, what they do for us. The firemen 
do put their lives on the line, and that's what God does for us. And um, my my report is on paper because I don't think. In fact, when I think, I can get myself into trouble. I am a people watcher, and this week I saw nine people use their hearts for God. I wish I could say I led someone to God or someone took Jesus as their Savior and Lord God. I did not. I did see smiling faces. I did hear thank yous. I'm glad you came. I did hear good things from people. But all that does not matter. It's God. It is his work alone. We are just tools in the body of Christ. It is his work for us as people to share what God gives us to do. We were a body of working, working together with doing and giving our best. It was not always perfect, but we must remember God gets the work. God gets the work and makes it perfect. You as a church can be very, very proud of these nine people that are sitting with me today. And I thank all of you for the support and prayers. I also am want to say that I, I also want to thank each one of you for allowing me to go down and present the gospel to these wonderful people down in Sarver and down at Redeemer on the Mount. Thank you. You know, seeing the pictures and stuff, I realized I talk with my hands quite a bit, so now I'm going to be watching. Just like Bonnie said, I don't think either, but I also didn't write it down, so I'm going to wing it. Whenever I found out about the mission trip to Pittsburgh, I was really excited for it, um, for the opportunity just to go down there and to help out, um, set up a family Bible week, uh, to be able to go into the park and um, just talk to people, have uh, fun things, and um, do it all in the love of Jesus. And I was so excited, and um, I think I'm even more excited now that we did it and everything, that um, it passed my expectations of how it was going to go, and it was just so encouraging, I believe, um, not just for the churches we helped, but also for um, us, I know I was touched by um, the youth class that Drew and myself headed up. Um, we were nervous to go in. It was the first time we're ever teaching a youth class. Uh, thank you, Cody, for helping us out a little bit with that. Um, so be warned, youth, uh, we're ready now, I think. <laughs> I think we're ready. N- now I, I can just hear Nathan saying challenge accepted, but... <laughs> um, so we taught the youth class whenever we had the Family Bible Week, and um, we started out, um, we had eight kids the first day, um, five the second, and the last day we had 16. So we had a big jump. We got, uh, it was a church from New Kensington, brought a group down, and we were so excited to have them come, uh, slightly wondering how many people would show up. But it was great just to have the opportunity to um, teach to more kids and just to um, have them be a part of it because they really enjoyed it, I believe. All the different churches there, they interacted well, and it seemed like a really good time. So for our youth class, I thought we'd just go in and we'd be teaching and maybe the kids would like it. But what I took away from it is I was encouraged by the kids, um, by how much they listened to what we were speaking about, um, that they wanted to hear the word, that um, they would answer questions. They weren't shy, too shy about it. Of course, you got some kids who would... We'd ask a question, they sit there, not really wanting to answer, but um, we broke them out of their shell a little bit. Um, we had plenty of games to embarrass them afterwards, which they enjoyed a lot. But over this uh, week, also for the classes and for when we went to the park, um, I was thinking about spiritual gifts 
It's something that we talk about, and sometimes you don't really know how they work. But this week, I really got to see through the whole team uh, different spiritual gifts that we've been given. And they talk about, in the Bible, it says uh, spiritual gifts include um, speaking in tongues, and you think of more far out things. But simply just by our different um, abilities we had, like some of us, like uh, Pastor Matt, his speaking, Curtis with uh, running the tech, the different teachers, they're all gifts given by God. And it was so exciting that we were able to use them this week just to be able to preach the gospel and just to have people receive it very well. So I think overall just the trip was so enlightening and just a great experience to just build us up as a team and hopefully we can just spread that even more and um, looking forward to Family Bible Week this week and just continuing that. Thank you. I'm sure you all are tired of me speaking right now. <laughs> but um, in all honesty, at first, whenever I was told that we had to go on the mission trip because we were interns, I wasn't really excited for it. It's not because of anything bad. It's because of my youthful stubbornness, as I like to call it. Even though that I didn't want to go, um, I'm sure we all have heard the term, the Lord works in mysterious ways or something like that. Well, I'd like to show you what he did for me on the very first day. I would like to introduce to you all my new big drum. This is called an Mbutu. Do you guys know what it means? Big drum. A little backstory on this. I've always wanted to get a tribal drum like this because in our world culture class that Hunter and I had to take, Mr. McCamley, our teacher, would have drum days. And we would just sit around, play the different drums and whatnot, and I loved it, and I've always wanted to get one of these. And even though I didn't want to go on the mission trip, I think that it's the Lord's way of saying, it's a good thing you're here, or else you wouldn't have gotten this, aside from other things. <laughs> but um, there's a few photos of myself and Hunter playing this in the park, and during the first day of the park ministry we were doing, a guy came up to me and asked if I played the guitar because of the necklace I have. See, with this necklace, it's a guitar pick that my conscience back in the sound booth gave me. So I told him that I played, and he disappeared. And he came back with this guitar and told me to go play it for people. So it was a little overwhelming at first, but eventually I just started going around and saying, Hey, do you guys want to hear a song? People would say, Yes. Okay, do you want a fast song or a slow song? Do a fast song. How fast do you want it? Just kept doing this, just getting people out of their shells and just playing random chords to make people happy. And that's what I did for the park ministry. But I loved it, just being able to play with this, play with the guitar, and just make people happy and everything. And speaking of that, um, I think Hunter can agree with this, but whenever you've gone through something and you help someone else out with these is with any issues they have, it's one of the... Greatest experiences I can have because at our host family, the daughter of the family was going through some issues of her own and Hunter and I were basically talking to her about um, experiences we've gone through or how we felt with certain things and it's just great whenever you're able to help someone who's gone through those things whenever you've gone through them and... I think my favorite thing about the mission trip was being able to interact with all the people, whether it's in our class, at the park, anywhere, and just being able to have fun with them, help them out in their lives, change their lives and everything. That's, that's just what I loved about the mission trip.
besides from getting this big drum. From uh, Africa, yeah. right? Yeah, Did you um, say that? Yeah, this is from, uh, it's actually all the way from Uganda. It's a cowhide drum. It's made of, I believe, rosewood. And I messaged my World Cultures teacher, Mr. McCamley, about this. And what he told me about this drum actually shocked me because I was trying to figure out if it's a hand drum or a drum you play with a stick. And he said, and I quote, I don't know, research it and tell me about it because I honestly don't know Ugandan drums. So I get to teach my teacher about something that he's proficient in, basically. And If you remember uh, earlier this year, we were praying for Alex as he was going on a missions trip to Uganda. And they were going to throw this drum away, and Alex rescued it, brought it home not knowing that it was for our intern, Drew. A couple things I wanted to say. I want to echo everything that everybody said. I want to say that I'm a proud pastor of this team. All during the week, Pastor Kerry, the rest of the the church at Sarver and the the church at uh, Mount Washington were constantly telling me how encouraged they were that uh, these folks would come. Yes, we made Drew and Hunter go. One was excited and one maybe not so excited to go. Everybody else were volunteers. And some gave up their vacation. This was what they did with their vacation this year, was to go and serve these churches. And so they are my heroes, and I'm very proud of you. I'm proud of how you used your, your gifts in ministry. One thing that maybe you don't know about Denise is that she drives buses for a living, and uh, long motor buses donated the use of one of their uh, passenger vans, which she drove us all around Pittsburgh, never batting an eye. You know, cars are flying left and right. The pit tunnel, you know the pit tunnel, right? She could do it with her eyes closed. You know, just, you know, she just, just, incredibly gifted at that and unflappable one person saying turn right one person saying turn left no problem she was going to get there great curtis was always working behind the scenes he he figured out one time my throat was all scratchy and i was just kind of going like this i was not sending him any signal and next thing i knew there was a water in my hand you know he just was on top of the the needs of the team kurt and steph led our team they stuck it out all week and uh, we uh and, and just kind of faithfully leaning us to the next thing. Where do we need to go? What do we need to be doing? They had their eyes open. They were taking us places. The, the ladies often taught, and, and just everybody worked together as a team. There was a lot of unity, and I'm, th- those are gifts. Uh, I'm a proud pastor. I'm, I'm a happy pastor to be a part of a district like this. This picture right here is the three pastors that kind of hatched up the idea for, for this, myself, Alex down in Redeemer on the Mount, the Crumrines used to be a part of that church uh, plant when they were living over there. The, the church in Sarver, remember the Barkmans, Rob and Kathy? They moved and they're part of that church. Kathy did the meals. She was in charge of the meals each night at, at, uh, at their, uh, their VBS. And we have some long, even longer term history there. I met some people that knew the Weatherleys from, from back in the day as well. So there's, I love those district connections. Thank you for praying. I want to thank you all for praying for us all the week long. Praying against the rain. I know Steph sent out some, hey, pray about the rain kind of uh, prayer requests. And other than that first downpour, it held off. And whenever we needed to be outside, uh, you know, we had the clear skies. You prayed for our health. I decided not to go until Tuesday. Didn't go with the team on Sunday. I went on Tuesday. My health was kind of 5 out of 10 while I was there. Quick story on that. Wednesday night I was teaching my resisting gossip material. I've taught that a couple times, right? So I have this line in there about how I don't gossip about my wife, and I'm glad she doesn't gossip about me to her girlfriends, okay? But that's not what I said. I said, I'm glad she doesn't gossip about me and my girlfriends. So that tells you my mental state, you know. 
low blood sugar. Needed. I actually stopped in the middle of teaching, and, and Pastor Kerry came over. He laid his hands on me and prayed for me. They gave me some water and some cookies, and I felt better and then finished the, finished the talk. I'm feeling better now, so thank you for praying for me. We had some other health issues. You prayed for Robin. She was able to hobble around, and I think her leg is feeling better. There's a couple other things that kind of hit during the week, and we knew that the folks back home were praying for us. One last thing, that I, I'll, and then I'll let the team, does anybody have one last word they wanted to get in? One last thing I want to say as our report is I think you've heard, I was really glad I went down there to see where Alex is and what he's doing, what he's up against, what, what the church there is trying to do in, in reaching Mount Washington. It's a very needy area, area the poverty that was talked about, the um, fatherlessness. There was one dad, I would say, at the park, and, and I'm praying for him because he did not seem like a model of fatherhood to me. And I was very struck by that. Alex, when he's driving down the road, he stops and waves, he slows down, he gives high fives to people, they know him there. He's trying to reach that community. He knew the kids in the park by name. They knew him. They shut up when it was time for him to share the gospel story um, and, and listen to him. And, and he was able to say, guys, this is serious. Listen up. I, I think we need to do everything we can to get behind what Alex and Jennifer are trying to do there, to be with them on mission. And I would, lo- I would love for us to take a group, if not, next, if not before next summer, next summer or another time, to go and encourage them and come alongside them in the work that they're doing there. Again, I'm proud of this team, and uh, I'm thankful for you for sending them. And I invite you to turn in your Bibles, if you want to, to the Gospel of John, chapter 20. We're not going to be there long this morning. I, I, uh, I want this message to be very brief. Some of you are like, uh-oh, he's starting a sermon. I wanted to give the, chan- the, the team a chance to hear fully from your team that was sent this week to Pittsburgh to share the Gospel with those who hear it who need to hear it. And really for this message today, I just want to wrap up all of what has been said this morning into one word. Just one word, okay? It's a biblical word that I think we should give more thought to in our lives. It's the word sent. S-E-N-T. Sent. S-E-N-T. Or S-E-N-D. Send. And it appears in the Gospel of John chapter 20, verse 21. There are actually two different biblical Greek words in that verse that are both translated with the same English word sent because the idea is basically the same. We have been given a mission. John twenty twenty one is part of that great story of Jesus' resurrection. It's one of His appearances after He was raised. The one right before He encounters Thomas. Remember doubting Thomas? This happened right before that. I'm not going to read the whole thing to you. I'll just say this. The doors were locked and Jesus appeared and He said, Peace be with you. You need to hear that when somebody appears in your room and the doors are locked. Peace be with you. And then He showed them His hands and His side. He had been dead. And He was now alive. And the disciples were overjoyed. And then He gave them this commission. This is kind of the the great commission as it appears in, in the Gospel of John. Right? We're familiar with the one at the end of Matthew and the one at the end of Mark and Luke. But this is John's version. It happened in this inner room. He said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for what we've heard this morning from our team. A diverse collection, intergenerational, who came together on a mission. 
We didn't go to Mexico. We, we didn't fly away to Serbia. As excited as we are about what's happening in Serbia, thank you for those 15 new believers that Darko got to see this last week. As excited as we are of what's happening in Mexico or in Haiti or in Africa with the Hoyts. Lord, we went just to Pittsburgh, but we were sent. We had a mission, and we we heard that this morning. So, Lord, just pull it together in our brain that we are sent. Would you do that, Lord, now in this time? We pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. One of the things that grabbed me this week, over and over again when we were on our trip to Pittsburgh, was the people at the host homes kept calling us the missionaries. The missionaries. We're hosting the missionaries this week. That's, did your host home say that, ladies? Yeah, the, the, they, our host home kept calling us, the, mis- the missionaries are using that room over there. Okay, the missionaries are going to be over there. And I thought, well, that's not right. I, I'm not a missionary. And I'm not. I'm, I'm not a foreign missionary. I'm, I'm not really a cross-cultural missionary. I'm not one of those folks across the back of our wall that we pray for and send money to. May their tribe increase. Heather's sister, Sharon, is going to go as a missionary, a supported missionary to, to Europe as soon as possibly can. They're going to come visit us in a couple of weeks, and we've asked them to come and share about what they're going to be doing. Okay, that's missions, I thought. We need more foreign missions, cross-cultural, language learning, take the gospel where it hasn't been yet, workers, to go into the world and share the good news. I'm continuing to pray that God will raise up career missionaries from our midst here, like He did at one time with the Forces. But you know, there is a very real sense in which I was a missionary this week. I was sent. I was sent on a mission. I was sent on a mission with a missions team. You've heard this morning and seen some of our 1,800 pictures. If you want to see, Robin picked out 50 of the 1,800 to share with you this morning. I'm sure that the rest of the folks on the team would love to swipe through some pictures with you on their phones. These folks up here last week were missionaries. They were sent on a mission. Just like Jesus said to the apostles, As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Who was the greatest missionary ever? Well, it wasn't William Carey, the father of modern missions. Though, read about his life. It's amazing. It wasn't Jim Elliott who gave his life for the mission or his wife Elizabeth Elliott who went back and has just recently gone to be with the Lord. It wasn't Hudson Taylor or David Livingston as great as those missionaries were, I presume. It wasn't even the Apostle Paul, kind of our model of missions in the book of Acts. The greatest missionary ever was Jesus. He was on a mission from His Father. He came to be the Word. He came to be the Savior. He was sent. And after He died, and He came back from the dead, He sent His people on a mission. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Now, of course, there are ways in which Jesus was sent that we will never be. And the apostles weren't either. He was sent to be crucified. And I'm pretty sure he didn't mean here that all of his followers would be crucified as well. And there is a sense in which John 20, 21 applied most directly to the apostles and not to us. They were all sent as authorized representatives, apostles who had an authority that we do not. I don't sit in my room at night typing out scripture right but still 
I think this verse is true for every Christian, no matter who you are. No matter where you're from or where you live, you and I are sent. We're to live our lives on mission. On mission. Some people, more people, more Christians are saying that we need to live a missional lifestyle. When I was at conference, I got to hear Jeff Vanderstelt talk about the missional lifestyle of a leader. That's this book here that I brought home with me called Saturate. Missional is their kind of taking the word mission and making it an adjective. Missional lifestyle. And by that, they mean that we are supposed to live our lives today as missionary lives, whether or not we ever move. On that PowerPoint that I didn't send to Ben to put up on the screen this morning, I had a picture of this text and a road. And that's what we normally think of with the word sent, right? On the road, hitting the road. Your team hit the road this last week. We were only two hours down the road, but it's a different world there. And we're not all called to go down the road. My wife has been called to come down this road. You know, I'm just an Ohio boy that's moved one state over. My grandparents were from Dubois and Reynoldsville, okay? So the apple didn't fall far from the tree for me. But my wife's very missionary. She grew up in western Canada. That's a different world. And she has, she has been called and sent to be a missionary here. But we are all sent, whether or not you go down the road. Because what did Jesus say? As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. We have a mission to make disciples of Jesus Christ. We have a message, the Gospel, and we're sent to share it. Do you see yourself as sent? I believe the church in America needs to increasingly grow in understanding that we are a missionary church sent to America. See, for a long time, see, we have this rich heritage of Christianity in America. We've had lots of Christians in America. And we've had kind of a home field advantage. In fact, we've even begun to think of America as some kind of a Christian nation, as if such a thing could exist. We've gotten comfortable and thought of America as our home. But we are not home. We are guests here. Even if we have American citizenship, we are citizens of heaven. We're citizens of the kingdom to come. That's what the Bible says. Philippians 3.20 says, Our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there. The Lord Jesus Christ, He's our King. We eagerly await a Savior from there. He's coming back. He's our King of kings and Lord of lords. We taught that song to the kids this week. King of kings and Lord of lords. And what are we then? We are ambassadors for Him. We are sent. Do you think of yourself as an ambassador? An ambassador to wherever you live, wherever you work, wherever you go. Even if we never move an hour from where we were born, some of our team members hardly ever venture out of Clearford or Cent- Clearfield or Center Counties. Okay? And they, they took a risk. If we never move an hour from where we were born, if we are Christians, we are sent to where we are. Sent on a mission and with a message. And that should increasingly affect the way we think about ourselves and how we should act. How do missionaries act when they arrive in a new land? That's how we should act. What do they do? They learn the culture, don't they? They learn the language and the customs and they begin loving the people there. 
And they constantly look for ways to bridge the divide with their new neighbors and provide a bridge for the gospel. And that might look like Family Bible Week. And it might look like the Good News Cruise. Do you see yourself as an ambassador? Ambassadors have to live with the values of the land they're from in the land that they're visiting. And that's us. We live with the values of the kingdom in the land in which we are sojourners. And then we try to bridge the gap. We are on a mission. We give no offense. You know missionaries that run around saying, this is how it ought to be done around here? We give no offense that is not necessary for our mission and our message. We don't give personal offense if we can help it. I think of Kim Cohn and his attempt to try to learn the customs of the people where he lives and only give offense if it's a gospel offense. Right? Only that offense that comes with our mission and its message. We are sent. I was talking yesterday with Tim and Kelly Beck about their move. They're here this week and then next week, and then they're off to the Harrisburg area. Launch time for them. They'll come to back to visit, I'm sure, right? Okay. But this couple has a deep and growing sense of how God is calling them to be sent. God is sending them to that area. Not to be professional missionaries, but to be ambassadors of Jesus over there. Next week, I've asked for them to share a little of their story of how God has confirmed this calling on their lives again and again. The point I'm trying to make is that we're all sent. Whether you go over the ocean, and I'm praying for more of you to go, or over the three rivers to Mount Washington in Pittsburgh, and I'm praying for more of that, or if you don't even go over the mountain to State College, that you would see yourself as not at home, but on mission for the Lord. Sent on a mission to make disciples. Sent with a message to see people's lives changed now and forever. The Gospel.